This is Mona Tanja, president of NCSM, and welcome to Learning with Leaders, the Bold Mathematics Leadership Series. Join me as I sit down and have conversations with emerging and established leaders exploring equity in action. You will hear from bold mathematics leaders as they share their experiences and actions and what they have learned from them. We think these next few minutes will help you consider the bold actions that you can take to focus on equity and support those that you serve. Grab a warm cup of coffee and a journal as we learn together on our mathematics leadership journey. Hello, and welcome to the inaugural NCSM podcast, Learning with Leaders, the Bold Mathematics Leadership Series. For the first podcast, I'm excited to introduce you to the co-host and my first month's guest. This month, I have the privilege of having a bold leadership conversation with John Sangiovanni as we kick off the new podcast series. John Sangiovanni is a mathematics coordinator in Howard County, Maryland. There he leads mathematics curriculum design, digital learning ass assessments, and professional development, to name a few. John coordinates the Graduate Program for Mathematics Leadership at McDaniel College in Maryland. He is an author and national consultant for mathematics curriculum development and professional learning. He is also the current NCSM Regional Director for Eastern Region 2. So let's welcome John. Hi, Mona. Thank Hello. you for having me. I am excited for this, uh, for this series and, and all the important conversations we're going to have. Part of my bio there was supposed to say that the, my dogs like me as well. So you might want to include that in the future. All right. My, my teenagers, not so much, but so be it. Right? That's correct. Right. In case we all have. <laughs> so again, I'm looking forward to not just today's conversation, but the, uh, the many conversations in front of us. Absolutely. So I'm going to start with that heavy question that's all, that we're all thinking about right now. What does equity mean to you as a mathematics leader? Yeah, equity means so many different things, I think, to me. Um, first and foremost, equity is, is about access and opportunity for each and every student. Um, and that, you know, today during the pandemic, we talk about access to technology and, you know, all the resources associated with distance learning. Um, and those things are real, right? But equity in mathematics education is so much more. And um, it has to not only be a priority, but, you know, the pursuit of our work. That means access to high quality tasks. It means access to high quality curriculum. It means access to differentiated pathways to higher level math courses and purposeful mathematics. Um, I think that equity means access to highly skilled teachers that are um, making use of research informed best practices, right? Access to high quality instructional resources. Um, and, you know, all this thing, all these come together to be high expectations for each and every learner. So, I mean, equity means so many things, but really to me, it's about access and opportunity. But I wanna share just a little bit more too. I think that, um, you know, we always talk about knowing our students and we often as leaders get in conversations about data and, and performance of students. But, you know, to me, equity means also knowing our students as individuals, um, their math identities, um, and the strengths that they each have. And, you know, as a district leader, I might not be able to know all 2,000 or 20,000 students, but we can set the tone that our teachers need to know or must know their students. Um, and not just their students' identities, but our teachers knowing their own math identities, right? So I think that those are some things that, um, you know, what equity means to me. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you brought up a good point there in terms of the pathways and access. So I was just gonna ask, cause NCSM released the new position paper on detracking. Is that something that you and your district has, have worked towards or working on? 
I think it's something that we all are working on and we will always work on, right? Because um, again, this notion of pathways to me, um, we know what tracking is and how, you know, once you are in a math class, you're locked in there forever. Um, but what we do have to recognize is that students change, they develop at different rates, they grow at different rates, and they need opportunities at different times along the way, different on-ramps, if you will. Um, and so even though we may not all start at the same place, we should all have access to the same place or the same end goals, right? And so in our district, we have worked um, worked on developing more robust pathways and creating more of those um, on-ramps. No matter where a student is today, they have opportunities to get to wherever they might want to be. Now, you know, it made me think about something else. As I started my answer, I was thinking about you know, this challenging time of hybrid, face-to-face, -face, virtual learning, yeah. you know, and we're all going to return back to brick-and-mortar classrooms at some point, right? And when I think about equity, you know, and the conversation about data as well, I can foresee this conversation becoming how are we going to fix all of our students, how are we going to find all their gaps, and I think that's understandable, but we're going to have to find ways to continue the narrative or even shift the narrative from fixing our students to to finding their strengths, empowering them, and then finding ways to engage them in meaningful mathematics, not just low level filling of gaps. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, NCSM um, partnered with NCTM this summer in the Moving Forward document. That was one of the highlights, was really focusing on student strengths um, mm -hmm. as well as teacher strengths as you are moving forward this year. Um, because we know that not everybody has access to the same instructional resources, not everybody has access to the same technology. So really looking at the students and figuring out, so where are they at? What do they bring? What do they already bring to it? How do we tap into that prior knowledge piece? and really move forward with that information. So I like that. I like that. Yeah, and you know, something else I'd add there, I'm sorry for speaking over there, Obi okay. there. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think another thing, Mona, too, is like even when we have really good resources in a school system, if they're not being used equitably, so, you know, if we have five teachers teaching fifth grade math and three of them are using certain resources and two of them are not because we're not collaborative planning or because, and we're busy, right? So we don't have the time to, to have that planning or what have you. I just, my point is, is that, you know, if we're not um, instilling these practices and making sure that they happen equitably and consistently, we, we have some challenges. Yeah, and that, that brings me to my next question because you kind of great segue there. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. So how I do didn't. we as how do we as mathematics leaders focus on equity? Like what are the what's that first step, second step that we're gonna, you know, work towards this year? So you mentioned this idea of having teams, you know, the tasks are the same, but we know that they don't always get implemented with the same. Um, level of rigor, the same fidelity piece or interpretation of the task. So, so how do we, what do we do for as a mathematic leader to support teachers and those we serve to really focus in on equity? Yeah, I think as a leader, I mean, you're constantly thinking about equity and it has to be at the forefront of everything that we do, every message that we send, every resource that we provide and every professional learning session that we design, right? Um, we have to focus on instilling those beliefs in, in all of our stakeholders. Um, you know, this isn't just about our teachers, it's about our, our administrators, our, our, our students, and, and, our, and our communities as well. Um, I think as a leader, one of the things we have to do is constantly advocate for equity. Um, we have to consistently look for um, equities, and more importantly, inequities, in our own programs. 
Um, and I have to share that, you know, I'm proud of the math program that we've designed and that we, you know, have implement or that we do implement in our district. But I also know that um, every day I think about how we can make it better for more students. And that I think is probably a driving force, not just for me, but for many other leaders and something I believe is something a leader has to do. I think that we, um, you know, work to provide professional learning to make sure that all stakeholders are aware about what what we mean by equity and not just equity, but effective teaching practices that, that help us realize that equity. One more thing I think I would add, and this is where be, being a part of you know, NCSM and other professional organizations is so important. We have to continuously invest in ourselves and thinking about um, the stories never done. And so I need to continuously read, have conversations, sometimes hard conversations um, with colleagues about what I think equity and not just what it is, but um, what I need to do to, to better realize it. Um, and then I think another thing that we need to do as leaders too is continuing to um, you know, build a more robust uh, story of, of evidence and, and student understanding and you know, balancing out different um, measures of success and, and finding different ways to show that um, our students um, you know, are successful beyond 97% or something of, of that nature, right? Yeah, that, uh, that brings, made me think of, you had listed, you had stated, you know, look for inequities. And so when we think about our current processes right now with the whole virtual or not virtual setting and trying to gather evidence of student learning, right? And what that looks like, how do we do that in a way, you know, that's going to, gonna capture evidence of student learning and not just because some of the teacher teams that I've been working with this year are really struggling with what that assessment evidence is gonna look like because they're, you know, it's just, it's easy to create an assessment where it's graded by a, you know, Google Forms mm -hmm. or any other system. So like, are there things that you would recommend or that, that you have tried or you've seen teacher teams try to really support that strong evidence of student learning piece? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot that we have to do there. I think one of the things we have to do is honor other pieces of evidence, right? Um, and often if it's a, not a standardized test or something that be, can, can be graded very easily, we don't know that it's a, a meaningful uh, data point or if it's not out of 100 points, it's a problem or something like that. And so I think some of our work is to continuing to continue looking at student thinking um, and, and being comfortable with not um, always having a percent grade um, as evidence of, of student understanding. And what that also means though, that we're asking the right questions. Um, and so a lot of our work in our district, and I imagine many other leaders encounter this too, and that is, you know, what are good questions, but what are good, you know, what are good assessment tasks? What are the things that let me really dig deeply into what students, um, what students know, um, but more importantly, how they think and reason um, and, and, and using that as information. I often joke, um, you know, a student who gets an 88% on a fraction test doesn't necessarily tell me what they know about fractions. And so we have to find other ways to offset that information. Um, but you also talked about in this world, how challenging it is um, and that you've been working with teachers. And I think that's a really good point too, Mona. As leaders, one of the things we have to make sure we are doing a lot of, and that is working with teachers, right? Being present in classrooms, having conversations with teachers, exchanging ideas um, and, and seeing the work that they are doing so that we can give meaningful, not just feedback, but options and alternatives. Yeah, I think for me this year, that's been my sort of challenge 
that I'm up for in terms of, you know, if we're gonna focus on equity, we have to include student voice in some way, shape mm -hmm. or form, um, because we don't know what's going on in a, in a child's background, right? So really hearing from students in some way, shape or form really will help us kind of tackle where they're at and really understand their thinking. Yeah, and you know, I think that has a lot to do with that honor piece too. And that is, uh, um, you know, when we're doing survey information or we're trying to, you know, ask, ask students about their thoughts about the math that they're learning or how they see themselves as mathematicians and things of that nature, be they journal entries or something like that, we have to find a way for that evidence to be part of the conversation as well. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges that teachers face from time to time, and principals for that matter, are district pressures or administrative pressures to focus um, on certain performance metrics. And so I think another thing that leaders we have to do is, again, advocate for, for other forms of evidence, right? And we have to help our, our principals recognize the value. I think many of them do. Um, they're just not sure how to work it into some of their school improvement plans or, or data conversations of, of those cases. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing your ideas around equity and what are things that you're doing as a leader to really focus on equity. Um, this The series that we have created for this podcast is all around those equity and the actions that math leaders take. So what excites you about this series as we move yeah. forward? Yeah, the series is really exciting. As a math leader, I can't wait to listen to all of the different speakers. I'm thinking about the first four, especially, and some of the great things that they'll share that, that I can, well, reflect on myself and then think about how I can make them actionable, right? Um, so in January, we see, uh, we'll hear from Mike Flynn, who will share ideas about how we can advocate um, and expect high quality, equitable math uh, teaching and learning. So I'm really looking forward to that because again, one of the things I noted was that being an advocate is one of the premier roles as a, as a math leader. Mm -hmm. In February, Emma Trevino, Carmen Whitman and Harold Astorias um, are helping us think about designing and implementing structures for high quality math teaching and learning. Um, and you know, again, without that structure and without certain procedures, systems and, and tools in place, um, we may fall short of, of our goals in terms of equity. In March, Tracy Zager and Alhum Kazume um, are helping us think about empowering and nurturing a shared culture for productive professionalism. And again, when we think about stakeholders and empowering them and um, spreading the voice of advocacy, um, that will be a really, really good podcast to listen to. And then in April, um, Beatrice Lucian um, will help us think about that evidence that we just talked about, right? Um, how do we monitor and act on evidence of student learning? Um, and so I think these first four podcasts in the series are going to be uh, really great listens for all of us. Looking forward to those. And the first four uh, podcast series are dedicated to our faculty for the Bold Leadership Summit that is coming up in April. So they're going to get a, we're going to get a preview of their content, their sessions and their conversations. So we can kind of gear up for what, what April is going to bring for us in terms of our, our own professional learning. So I just want to say thank you, John. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward with excitement for the rest of these uh, podcasts throughout the year. Thank yeah, you. too. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been inspired by this bold mathematics leadership conversation and will tune into our podcast series each month. 
you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. You can learn more about NCSM Leadership in Mathematics Education and our upcoming professional learning events on the NCSM website at mathedleadership.org. You can also follow NCSM on Twitter at mathedleaders using the hashtag NCSMBold. Thanks again.